All right, here we go. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I do want to mention this. Just uh, this is you know your index here, Genesis to, to 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 Revelation. You know, I mean, it is a complete timeline. This is what's so cool about our Bible. It's not mythological, as some people like to say, whatever, or even you could say spiritual. It's history. It's total history. But you get spiritual things out of it. But what the coolest part about our stuff is it's historical. You're not going to be able to say Nebuchadnezzar wasn't around. Oh yeah, he was. And you know, he sent out a massive note. In the fifth chapter of Daniel, because he found out who God was. <laughs> now, remember, he found out through Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but then he got big-headed. And Daniel was his prime minister in the fourth chapter. In, uh, no, actually, the fifth chapter of Daniel. And, uh, and, and Dan- <laughs> he had this dream again. And Daniel come in there, and Daniel said, oh, sir, look, I wish this was going to happen to somebody else but you. See, it's so cool. We think Daniel's like, well, he's a mad Jew, because... Mean old Nebuchadnezzar. Man, are you kidding? When the Jews went into slavery up under Nebuchadnezzar, they were still fine. They, uh, 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 Jeremiah said that. Jeremiah, you know that scripture that says, uh, I have a plan for you, a future, and a hope? That was the letter sent to the Jews that, uh, you know, in, in uh, Jeremiah 33, uh, you have a, a hope. How's it go? You'll have a, uh, a, a, a future and a hope. My plan's for you. Everybody always quotes it. Don't even realize where it's from. Let me show it to you. Hang on. Jeremiah 33. Uh, it'll apply. Okay, Jeremiah, let's go. Where's Jeremiah? Boop, boop, boop. Jonah, back up more, more, more. Here we go. Jeremiah 33. Was it 33, 19? Something like it? Something like that. Oh. Uh, uh, let's see. 33. What is this? 33. Oh, it's 31. Excuse me. Boom, boom. It's 31. 31, 19. Twenty-nine, it's coming back. <laughs> Excuse me. Deuteronomy twenty-nine eleven. There we go. Oh, I passed it. There it is. Look at that. For I know the plans I have to you, says the Lord. They're plans, look at this, for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. This is when they went under Nebuchadnezzar. Boy, Jeremiah got rocks thrown at him for this. There's history inside Jeremiah. We think it's all oh, the prophet Jeremiah. I did a group of Baptists, never read it. Took words. Everybody else said about it. Never read it myself. I'm like, well, I'll read it sometime. I read it. Changed my life. They tried to kill Jeremiah. They threw him in a sewer. You know, it's an amazing story. They threw him in this sewer. And 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 what's so funny was God told Jeremiah right at the start that I'm going to keep you safe. I just need to say what I say. Tell them what I say. I'll keep you safe the whole time. So Jeremiah had the promise of protection. Just like today, you got protection getting home, back to New Hope, wherever you're going. Wherever, the Lord's going to keep you safe. I mean, what the what angels doing there for? They're not going to do their job. They're there to help us. But I remember the story in here when he got thrown into that pit. He had just got in that pit. And I mean, it's sure it stunk and whatever. And the king threw him in there. And it looked like, well, that's the end of the verdict there. No. King's little sidekick goes in there and says, King, uh, do you know Jeremiah's going to die? If you leave him in there, <laughs> of course, the king's like, what do I care, Zedekiah? He goes, what do I care? And the, his sidekick says, but don't you realize he's the only one telling you what the Lord is going to do? So the king says, okay, get him out of there. So he ain't in that mess long. But he's sitting down there thinking, well, here's what I get for saying what you want me to do. And all of a sudden, he hears a voice, hey, Jeremiah. And they threw down a rope. But not only that, they threw down a bunch of clothes. And they said, put those clothes under your arms. Man, he got an elevator ride out of there. Golly, fantastic. 
Just a wonderful story. And the Lord kept him safe. And when Nebuchadnezzar came, this is true. When Nebuchadnezzar came in there, Nebuchadnezzar, he was the general for Nebuchadnezzar. They looked all over for uh, Jeremiah. They found him. And Nebuchadnezzar, he's general for Nebuchadnezzar. He said, hey, you can either go back with us to Babylon or you can stay here. What do you want to do? And, you know, Jeremiah says, well, I want to stay here. I think I want to stay here. And so anyway, Nebuchadnezzar gave him American Express card. Said, you stay here. I mean, really, basically what it was because he gave him a lot of money. He says, okay, you can stay here or you can come with us and we're going to have the time of our life in Babylon. So that's what's happening here. Uh, oh, Daniel was with Nebuchadnezzar, and he said, King, look, I wish this would happen to nobody else. I mean, to somebody else but you. But he, told, he tells him, says, you're going to get big-headed. You're going to think you did all this stuff by yourself, and then you're going to lose your mind for seven years. And you're going to graze out. You're going to lose your kingdom. You're going to graze out there in the grass for seven years, and then your mind's going to come back. Well, that's what happened in the fifth chapter. Well, the fifth chapter was the email that he sent out to everybody. And that happened. Wow. We got so much stuff that's out there. And it's a, it's a history lesson. But anyway, uh, if you will, just look at that just a second. We'll get back over there. But this all, this all applies. Here it is. Belshazzar, the king, invited... Ah, excuse me, that one. It's fourth chapter. Here we go. Look at that. Proclamation. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, which he sent to the people in every language. He told the story. Well, there it is. It was an incredible, mighty miracle. He basically said, I lost my life. I was out there grazing like a dead burnt ox. <laughs> I lost my mind and everything. And it was because he said, I didn't need no help. I'm such a hot rod. And the Lord had already told him, you're not such a hot rod. I caused you to go wipe out Israel because they were worshiping idols. I raised you up for a purpose. He said, nah, it's just me. It's just me. Now notice it's this. He said, I was living in peace and prosperity. Look at that. When, uh, when one night I had a dream that greatly frightened me, I called in the wise men of Babylon to tell me the meaning. But when they came, the magicians, astrologers, no, he paid all these guys. I told them they couldn't interpret it. At last, that's his buddy, Daniel, came in. A man I named Belshazzar, after my God, the man in whom the spirit of the holy gods came uh, to the dream. Belshazzar, master magician. See, he, I mean, he's, this is the reason he goes off the deep end because he still thinks he's just, well, that's just your religion there, whatever. I know the spirit of the holy gods is in you. No mystery is too great for you to solve. Tell me what my dream is. I saw a very tall tree in the field growing higher and higher to the sky until it could be seen by everyone in the world. Its leaves were fresh and green. Its branches were weighed down with fruit, enough for everybody to eat. Wild animals rested underneath the shade, the birds, the shelters, and branches. The world uh, was fed from it. Imagine if we read this in the, in, the, in the King James Version. I love the King James Version, but it's a translation from the other version, which was the original, which was Greek. You can understand the Greek. It's, just, it's easy. We can understand this. If you go back and look at the King James, you'll see, oh, this is exactly what it says. Oh, anyway, so... He shouted, uh, no, he says, and then as I lay there dreaming, I saw one of God's angels coming down from heaven. Here comes Phil with a chainsaw. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. He shouted, cut down the tree, lop off its branches, shake off its leaves, scatter its fruit, get the animals out from underneath it, the birds from its branches, and leave its stump and the roots of the ground, banded with a chain of iron and brass surrounded by tender grass. Let the dew of heaven drench him. Let him eat grass with the wild animals. For seven years, let him have the mind of an animal instead of a man. You know, for this has been decreed by the watchers 
demanded by the holy ones. The purpose of this decree is that the world may understand uh, that the Most High dominates the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he wants, even to the lowliest of people. Now, he's broadcasting this to all of the Babylonians. He said, man, I found out who Jesus was. Oh, Belshazzar, that was my dream. Tell me what it means. For no one else can help me. The wisest of all the men in my kingdom have failed. But you, see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember? And Daniel interpreted that dream when they were all going to be executed in chapter 1. Well, chapter 1 and 2, remember that? You had a dream, it was a big thing, whatever, and all that, that dream. Okay. Daniel sat, sat there stunned and silent for an hour. Now, why was he doing that? He loved Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, uh, his grandson's going to take to the throne. Remember, remember the story when it does this? Tinky, tinky, farber, you know? The handwriting on the wall, we say today. I saw the handwriting on the wall. That was a story in Daniel. They were all taking the goblets of King Solomon, the ones that belonged in the temple, and were drinking and toasting to their gods. And all of a sudden, this hand's on the wall. Ah. Well, Grandma Nebuchadnezzar walks in there and says, just cool it. Go get Daniel. He'll tell you what that means. Boy, Daniel walked in there and said, well, it's not going to be good news. <laughs> you know, I tell you what, there's no God but our God. All right, here we go. So anyway, O Belshazzar, that was my dream. Tell me what it means. No one else can help me. The wisest of all men of the kingdom have failed me. But you can tell me for the spirits of the holy gods is in you. Daniel sat there stunned for an hour, aghast at the meaning. Finally, he said to Belshazzar, oh, Finally, the king said to him, Belshazzar, that's Daniel. Don't be afraid to tell me what it means. Look at that, Daniel. Oh, that the events foreshadowed in this dream would happen to your enemies. <laughs> My Lord, and not to you. Now, he didn't do that to save his own neck. These guys got along. He said, for the tree that you saw growing so tall, reaching to the, to the high into the heavens, all, all the world to see with its fresh green leaves loaded with fruit, uh, for all to eat, the wild animals living in the shade of its branches full of birds. That tree, your majesty, it's you. Uh-oh. For you have grown strong and great. Your greatness reaches up to heaven. And your rule ends the world. You can Google right now, Nebuchadnezzar. Matter of fact, guess what? You know Saddam Hussein? He claims he was one of his descendants. Well, of course, nobody knows his thing as Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, he is too. He was there. All right. Then you saw God's angel come down from heaven saying, cut down the tree, destroy it. Now remember, just for reference here, this is chapter 4. Shadrach, Meshach, and Mendigo is chapter 3. Okay, So you could find this anytime you need it. Okay? And remember, this is a mass proclamation. This king didn't say, well, I'm a little, I'm like, you know, Jimmy Stewart. I, I'm, I'm not a praying man. You know. No, Nebuchadnezzar, this changed his life. He told the whole world. Jesus said, if you'll confess me before me, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. You know. Anyway, so he said, this angel came down and said, cut it down, leave the stump and the roots and the earth, surrounded by the tender grass, banded by chains of iron brass. Let him be you know, the, the dew, wet with the dew of heaven for seven years. Let him eat grass. Now, remember, he already knows that's you. Your majesty, the most high God, has decreed, and it will surely happen. That your people will chase you from your palace and you will live in the fields like an animal, eating grass like a cow. Your back wet with the dew from heaven for seven years. This will be your life until you learn that the Most High God dominates the kingdoms of men and gives power to anyone he chooses. But the stump and the roots were left in the ground. This means that you will get your kingdom back. Now, Nebuchadnezzar knew this in advance. And he's probably thinking, nah, I don't know. But he did it. He did exactly what... 
Daniel said he was going to do. He got big-headed. And remember, Nebuchadnezzar's telling the world, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, listen to me. Stop sinning. Now, what he was doing was just getting too proud. Well, I just kind of got over that cold on my own. I mean, it was just, you know, whatever. I mean, I mean, Jesus doesn't heal today, and he won't help me financially. I got smart. I went to college, you know. Where's our thankfulness? The Bible says when, when Moses was telling, when you get to the promised land and you find these houses and lands and wells and stuff that you didn't, di- that you didn't dig, or you didn't build or whatever, remember it's I that gave you the power to get wealth, you know. When we hear things today, and silly in some of our churches, you know, God gave you brain, you know, and he, expects, he helps those that help themselves. <sighs> that goes without saying, but you don't drop off your prayer life. And you don't stop thanking him for everything. I mean, the Lord is helping you constantly. Remember the scripture says, well, Paul wrote and said, in him we live and move and have our being, you know. Okay, oh Nebuchadnezzar, listen, stop sinning. Do what's right. Be merciful to the poor. Perhaps even yet God will spare you. But all these things happen to Nebuchadnezzar. Now remember, Nebuchadnezzar's writing this. Nobody's writing this. He's putting this out. He said, 12 months after this dream, oh man, he said, I was strolling on the roof of the palace. And I was saying, here he goes. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar's talking about himself like we do. We said, man, let me tell you what I did wrong. I knew I shouldn't have done it and I did it. Okay. By my own power, I built this beautiful city and this royal residence and the capital of my empire. While I was still speaking these words, a voice called down from heaven. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. Notice he heard this. He's like, oh, you'll be forced out of the palace to live on the animals, live with the animals in the field, to eat grass like cows seven years until you finally realize that God parcels out the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wants. He'll give you a kingdom too. All right. That very same hour, wow, the prophecy was fulfilled. Nebuchadnezzar was chased from his palace. He ate grass like the cows. His body was wet with dew. His ears grew as long as eagle's feathers. No, his hair grew as long. Okay. His nails were like bird claws. At the end of seven years, ah, Nebuchadnezzar, notice he's writing the email. Man, I looked up to heaven. My sanity returned. I praised and worshiped the Most High God, honored him who lives forever whose rule is everlasting, his kingdoms evermore. Remember Jesus? That's the reason we have the kingdom today. Remember the disciples I already mentioned earlier, the 70 were commissioned and they were supposed to heal the sick and when they healed the sick, they said, tell them the kingdom of God's here. That's the reason we know the Lord helps us with our bodies. We're in the kingdom of God, praise the Lord. He will, doesn't matter what age you are, he will. Okay. All the people of the earth are nothing compared to him. He does whatever he thinks is best among the angels of heaven. This is the end of that chapter. Uh, as well as here on earth, none can stop him or challenge him saying, what do you mean by doing these things? When my mind returned to me, so did my honor and glory and kingdom. My counselors and officers came back to me. I was reestablished as head of my kingdom, even greater honor than for Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the king of heaven, judge of all, whose every act is right and good, and he's able to take those who proudly walk and push them into the dust. We're going to see Nebuchadnezzar when we get to heaven. Wow. That's the same story. Look at this. If you back up just one, look at this is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember, you bow down and worship my idol. And they said, no, we're not going to. Look what he says, you know. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to deliver his trusting servants, for they defied the king's command. They were willing to die rather than serve any other god. Therefore, I make a decree, any person, nation, language, religion, who speaks against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be torn limb from limb and his house, you know, knocked into a pile of rope. There's no other God 
No other god can do what this one does. And the king gave promotions to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they prospered greatly. Wow, in the kingdom. Now, how does that line up with where we are today? Look at this. So here we go. Just a few verses around watching and we'll stop. Oh, Israel, listen, today you're going to cross the Jordan River and begin to dispossess. Remember, they got there before and they go, we can't take that. Well, yeah, for that, you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. <sighs> anyway, they've already wiped out three kingdoms. Three kings have already perished on this side of the Jordan. And it's such beautiful land right there. Three tribes want to stay here. They go, hey, we want to just stay here. Remember, Moses got mad and said, yeah, you don't want to go over. And they go, no, 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 we're going to go over and help you. Do this. Today you're going to go into the Jordan River, begin to dispossess the nations on the other side. Now, how can you say that? It might not be the Lord's will. Oh, please. He listed the Perizzites, the Hittites. There's six nations that are going to fall, and they were all mightier nations. Let's read them. There it is. Look at that. Those nations are much greater and more powerful than you are. Well, how are we going to do it? There's no such thing as, except for evolution, and things are just happened by chance, and no, we've learned that lesson from Nebuchadnezzar. It ain't by accident. The Lord really is with you. See, when you experience some real bad pain or whatever, and you think, I'm just not going to get over this. Man, think of the children of Israel. There's giants in that land. I, wait a minute. How am I going to get over? Trust the Lord. He will. We're going to just throw away his promises? I don't think so. Remember James? James was actually the literal brother of Jesus. He was in the household. He knew what Jesus was like. He said in the fifth chapter, James, is any sick among you? Man, let him call the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if he's committing any sins, because that's where we go, oh my gosh, I've sinned. I, I, I just, I, I'm 57 years old. I mean, man, I, why would the Lord heal me? I mean, I don't need You know what you're doing? That's arrogance. That is just bold arrogance. Because in the light of the blood of Christ and everything he's done for you, and you're saying, well, you know, I mean, Lord, I just, I just, it's really a, a cover-up for unbelief. You've got to sit there and act like the woman that came up to Jesus, snuck up behind him and said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'm going to be healed. She didn't say, I hope this happens. She said, if I can just touch his clothes, boom, she grabbed his clothes and she was healed. And Jesus turned around and said, hey, who touched me? And the disciples said, you were in this crowd, you say who touched you, you know? So many jokes going on. Jesus is a real person. He said, somebody touched me. And he waited till he found out who it was. And he said, woman, your faith made you Oh, You've got to use your faith. Okay. He said, those nations are much greater and more powerful. They lived in the high-walled cities. Among them are the famed, here's those giants. Those folks never existed. Yeah, they did too. Boy, they did. Against whom none can stand. Oh. Uh, but the Lord your God will go before you as a devouring fire, a de devouring fire to destroy them, and so you will conquer. You will quickly conquer them and drive them out. Look at that. The Lord. The, see, why do we have these details? I do not need this. It's the same thing for you and I. The story of the promised land is in Hebrews chapter three and four. It says there remains the promise. It's still ours. Anyway, then the Lord, when the Lord has done this for you, look at that. This is so amazing because I mean, listen, we. I mean, I think everybody in this room, we're just perfect. I mean, I'm, you know what I mean. I mean, we're lovely people and everything, but, you know, we can blow it too. Watch what he says. Then the, when the Lord has done this for you, don't say to yourselves, the Lord has helped us or he's helped me because I'm so good. I'm so good. No, it's because of the wickedness of the other nations. It's not at all because you're such fine, upright people that the Lord will drive them out before. Look at this. I say it again. He's actually going to say it again, too. 
It's only because of the wickedness of the nations and because of his promise. Praise the Lord. It's so great to know this. The promise that God made to Abraham. He did it again in the New Testament. He made a promise to Jesus. And that's the reason we have all the blessings today. Because he made that same promise to Jesus. And we get it because of the way Jesus acted. It's called righteousness. He who knew no sin was made to be sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. Jesus died for us and we carry... When we go before the Lord, he's our high priest. Okay. Look what he says. I say it again. It's, be, it's only because of the wickedness of the other nations and because of his promises to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he will do it again. Yet I say it again. Here's the third time because we need to know. Jehovah, your God, is not giving you this good land because you are good, for you are not. <laughs> the only thing they had going for them was what? You going to go to the promised land tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going. They were going. They were going to what? Trust the Lord. And that's what we got going for us today. Because we've made mistakes too. Okay. <clears throat> you are, let's pick up again. For you're not. Uh, you are a wicked, <laughs> look at that. You're a wicked and stubborn people. You mean Jesus will do great things for you? Oh yeah. What was it, Romans chapter, Romans chapter 4? He said, uh, he, uh, he causes the uh, ungodly, oh man, wow, to be righteous. Wow, anyway. <clears throat> Don't you remember, oh, never forget it, how continually angry, you remember these stories, you made the Lord your God out in the wilderness from the day you left Egypt unto now. So in other words, all those things happened. Yeah. For all this time, you have constantly rebelled. Don't you remember how angry you made him at Mount Horeb? He was ready to destroy you. I was on the mountain at the time receiving the contract which Jehovah had made with you. Remember George C. Scott up there, he comes down with the tablets, boom, broke them. That's that story. Because what were they doing? They were worshiping a cow. They were going, we don't know what happened to Moses. Make us a cow. And they started saying, this cow brought us out of Egypt. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. The stone tablets with the laws inscribed. I was there 40 days and 40 nights. And at that time, watch this. I ate nothing. I didn't even take a drink of water. Well, that's a lie because medically you can't do that. Now, we're not talking about lies here. We're talking about history. And we're not talking about medical. Jesus will sustain you. He just will. I mean, where the heck did that manna come from? Well, it had to be something, you know, uh, technical. Uh, no, no, it was God got it to him. Well, the Red, Ski, Red Sea didn't really split. It did too. Well, there really wasn't no flies. It was too. Yeah, really no, the, the Nile didn't turn to blood. It was the red moon that night and it reflected. No, come on. It turned to blood. Wow. Anyway, at the end of those 40 days and nights, the Lord gave me the contract, the tablets on which he had given the commandments. It's just the Ten Commandments. He had spoken, oh, look at that story again, from the fire-covered mountain. you got to remember that awesome sight. Fire-covered mountain. The New Testament talks about it, you know, too, in Hebrews chapter 12. Anyway, he told me to go down quickly because the people I led out of Egypt had defiled themselves, quickly turning away from the laws of God. They made an idol from molten metal. Look what the Lord said. Let me alone. I'll destroy this evil, uh, stubborn people. The Lord told me, I'll blot out their name from under heaven. I'll, I'll make a mighty nation of you mightier and greater than they are. I came down from the burning mountain holding in my hands the two tablets inscribed with the laws of God. There below me I could see the calf you made in your terrible sin against the Lord. Now, instead of your Moses up there, you're going, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, having a good time. Yes, sir, yes, sir. And the Lord says, uh, you need to go down something. Isn't it neat how God knows? He knew 
Moses is like, what? So he's running down the mountain. Remember, it's covered with smoke and on fire. So it's kind of like visibility is only five feet. <laughs> All of a sudden it gets clear and he's going, oh no. And he comes and he knows these people are toast. And, he, and his brother is who created this stupid thing. Remember the story in there? In the Living Bible, it's so funny. Uh, he, uh, he's talking to Aaron and he's, boy, Moses is mad at Aaron. Why did you do this? And he said, well, you know these stubborn people? He said, they told me I had to do this. And he said, I just threw the gold in the fire and out popped the calf. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You know, they had a little more work to it than that. But you can tell Aaron was ticked off. You know, all, I mean, you're dealing with six mate. We're talking all Atlanta. Moses loses his cool too. He tells the Lord one day, he says, I'm not their father. Six million people bugging me all the time. Okay, anyway. I lifted up the tablets high in, in, uh, before my head, uh, anyway, above my head, dashed them to the ground. I smashed them before your eyes. Now remember, he's describing, you're going into the promised land and don't think you're so wonderful. But think of this. He's still going to give you something. He's still going to bless you. Even though you acted like a bunch of turkeys. Praise the Lord. Then, look at this. For another 40 days and night, I lay before the Lord eating, no, neither eating nor drinking water. What a miracle. What happened to Elisha too? Okay. For what you had done was the Lord hated most. Now, what, would, what did they do? Well, we're not going to use Jesus. I can use something else. Well, that's our mistake, you know. When you put your hand to the plow, you can't look back, remember? You can't serve God and mammon, whatever. Okay. How I feared for you, for the Lord was ready to destroy you. But at that time, he listened to me. Aaron, look at this. Aaron was in great danger too. <laughs> wow. Now that's your brother. That's your kinfolk. That's your relatives. So don't think your prayers don't get nowhere. I mean, praise the Lord. Abraham's prayers reached all the way to his nephew, Lot. Rescued him out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Your prayers are only limited by your faith. Well, I don't know if this will work or not. You know, He's right there. Revelation 3. Said, I'll come in, dine with you. And that's written to a church. It's not written to unbelievers. He's after them too. But look at the door closed. That's Richard's house. And I got the door closed. I, I'm even looking through the window. I can see him. Wait a minute, Lord. We don't want to do that. Help. Open it. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Help me out. I got this thing on my neck here, you know. And then, you know, whatever, some other problems I got at work. Please help me out. And he will. Okay. So uh, the Lord was angry with Aaron, but I prayed and the Lord spared him. I prayed and the Lord spared him. What will happen for us today? Yeah, you pray, the Lord will spare your relatives too. Praise the Lord. I took your sin, the calf you made. He burned it, ground it into fine dust, threw it into the, into the steam that, uh, the stream, excuse me, the stream that cascaded out of the mountain. And in Numbers where this story, no, Exodus, Exodus where this story is recorded, Moses made him drink it. Imagine that, it tastes like a little gold, <laughs> you know. But he was trying to make him know, look, you can't be worshiping another God. Again, only God only gives you two chances. Oh, man. Again at Taborah, once again at Manasseh, you angered the Lord. And yet again at Kilbroth Havatha and at Kadesh Barnea. That's when they reached the promised land. He said, man, you guys, look. See, we're almost done here. He told you to enter the land he'd given you. You rebelled. You wouldn't believe. Look at that phrase. You didn't believe he would help you. Wow. You refused to obey him. My goodness. Yes, you've been rebellious against the Lord the first day I knew you. That's why I fell down before him for 40 days and nights when the Lord was ready to destroy you. I prayed to him, O oh Lord, don't destroy your people, you know, for they are your inheritance saved by the, by, from Egypt by your mighty 
power and glorious strength. Don't notice the rebellion and stubbornness of the people, but instead, look at that. Remember your promises to your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wow. Yeah. Please overlook the awful wickedness and sin of the people, for if you destroy them, the Egyptians are going to say, well, it was because the Lord wasn't able to bring them into the promised land. Or he destroyed them because he hated them. He brought them into the wilderness to slay them. For they are your people and your inheritance they, uh, that you brought from Egypt by your great power and mighty arm. Now let me close with this. Now is all this, all this you know, it makes sense, the things that we see. Let's go to 100 here. Uh, uh, I'll switch this to the King James just a moment. Look at that. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Of course, if we didn't know anything about the Lord, we'd be like, oh, God, okay, i got to rejoice in the Lord. Right. I rejoice in the Lord because no matter how good I am, he's still on my side and he'll help me. As long as I do like Nebuchadnezzar, recognize it. Yeah, I, I, that's the reason Moses warned him and said, it ain't because you're such hot rods. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Look at this. All ye lands. So let's reach it by serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, like Nebuchadnezzar, he's God. He made us. Don't say it's evolution. Don't say, well, the Lord used. If it was, the laws of thermodynamics is getting worse. You leave your your car outside, it doesn't turn into a brand new Mercedes. It's getting, it's, it's wearing out. Same thing with America, the world and everything. It's deteriorating. You know, it's, it's getting bad. Okay, all right. Know ye that the Lord is God. He made us, not we ourselves. We, look at that. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with Be thankful unto him. Praise his name. Yeah, why? Oh, why? Praise the Lord. Four, look at verse five. For he is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth. Look at that. You're in there. There's so many places you can see it's you. All generations. All generations. I mean, he's, he's going to take care of you today. Father, we just thank you today for your word. We just thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good today, maybe our head's stuffy or something, or maybe it's even something big. You know, maybe we've got a bad report from a doctor. It doesn't matter. Or we're just worried about the future. Lord, you'll take care of that. Lord, same thing's true financially. You'll take care of that no matter how great, small, or whatever the need might be. And if it's something else, we've got some giant out there we're facing, something that's troubling our hearts, gotten us distracted, and we're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Lord, we trust you to get us into that promised land, all those mightier nations. It doesn't matter. You're going to go before us. You're a consuming fire, and you're not consuming us. You're consuming them. So, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left for us to tell others what great things the Lord's done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. Uh, isn't it amazing? I want to go 30 minutes. Wait, 30 minutes and 15 seconds. Wow. Yes, um, praise the Lord.